2: Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G.
1: Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for Leadership Matters. My name is Cheryl G., and I'll be your host for the hour. Today, we're going to actually continue on our topic from last week, which was branding, and we're hoping that this information is really going to be good, valuable food for thought on way that you can build and continue to improve your organization's brand. Because we're going to specifically be talking about branding as it relates to public and nonprofit organizations, we have with us today three wonderful guests that are involved with branding in either the public or nonprofit sector. I want to introduce all three of them. Let's start with uh, Jennifer Day. Welcome Jennifer. Thank you for having me. Yes. Jennifer is actually the Director of Communication in Public Relations with New Orleans Convention and Business Bureau. Uh, next, uh, let's see who we have with us today. We have uh, Jessica. Jessica, is it Ziegler?
0: Ziegler, yeah.
1: Ziegler, great. Jessica is the Director of Development with United Neighborhood Houses of New York. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you very much. And last but not least, we have my colleague, Luis Gonzalez, Director of Community Affairs with the Neighborhood House Association here in San Diego. Glad to have you back with us, um, Louise. Thanks Thank for you. joining us.
3: Thank you, Dr. Dean. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah. So before we just jump into the topic on branding, just so that we can kind of get a little bit of perspective that each of you bring, can we start with the Jennifer? And Jennifer asked you just to share a little bit about yourself, your background in working with, in the public sector, and then a little bit about the organization that you work with.
4: Sure. Uh, the Convention and Visitors Bureau is a nonprofit membership-based organization that represents over 1,000 New Orleans attractions, hotels, and tourism support businesses. Uh, We cultivate both convention and meeting business as well as leisure travel. So basically, we are the voice for New Orleans tourism. Um, I'm the director of PR, so most of my time is spent creating positive media coverage to support the New Orleans brand. Wonderful. And, Jennifer, do you want to say a little bit more about yourself personally? Yeah. uh, Well, I moved to New Orleans in 2004, so about a year before Hurricane Katrina. Um, Immediately after the storm, I was involved with a Ph.D. program at the time but was so inspired by all of the rebuilding activities that I decided to leave my Ph.D. program, and that's when I began my uh, career in public service. I worked for the city of New Orleans for four years and just recently moved into my position here as director of PR at the Convention and Visitors Bureau.
1: Well, great. Well, thanks again, Jennifer, for being with us today. Thank you. Yeah, Jessica, could you share a little bit
0: about yourself
1: and the organization that you work with?
0: Sure. So I'm the development director for United Neighborhood Houses, which is the federation of New York City's 39 settlements, which are independent nonprofit organizations located throughout the five boroughs of New York City. Each of our 35 mem- 39 members provides a wide array of services to neighborhood residents in need. So services are like childcare, senior centers, vocational educational training, food pantries, arts programs, immigration services. Um, So what United Neighborhood Houses does for our 39 members is we support them by providing professional development and other programmatic support, as well as advocacy and policy work on behalf of the Federation on issues like fighting for government cutbacks to senior centers, which are primarily funded through government contracts. Um, And just, uh, I guess, a little bit more about me, Um, I in addition to working with nonprofits as a fundraiser, I also have a background in government. So I worked for nine years in New York City government, most recently as the director of operations for New York City's Department of Homeless Services. Um, I also uh, have overseen the city's budget-related lobbying um, efforts on behalf of social services, mental health, and health agencies in New York City's Office of Management and Budget. So I think I bring a valuable perspective to my work with nonprofits. UNH members are primarily funded by government contracts. So when we talk about branding and advocacy, our government supporters, are a significant part of the network.
1: Okay, great. Thanks so much, Jessica. And, Louise, how about a little bit about yourself and the Neighborhood House Association sure, in San ab- Diego? Sure, ab- absolutely.
3: Neighborhood House, so- <clears throat> Excuse me. Neighborhood House Association is uh, San Diego County's uh, largest multipurpose human services agency. We provide services to about 22,000 families through 10 different programs uh, in various areas, including early childhood development, health services, senior services, and then community services via, you know, social service uh, initiatives and methods that we provide here at the agency. Uh, the agency's been around for about 95 years, so it's been a long time in San Diego uh, doing and uh, helping the community expand and grow, and obviously our mission is to develop certain families, future leaders of our communities, and we do that through empowerment, education, and wellness. So uh, the agency's been really well established. Uh, We're in a transition period really expanding and adapting to the society that we live in and the needs that the community here in San Diego uh, needs. And just a little bit background about myself, I started in the media field working with uh, various networks including Univision, NBC, and Telemundo, uh, working on developing public relations and branding initiatives there as well as working with the newscast. Uh, That transitioned into doing PR and branding uh, for several corporations including working in the entertainment industry while well, working with Billboard, VNU Media, and some other uh, national organizations in terms of developing product initiatives. And that transitioned into government, working here locally for the transit system and developing their PR initiatives, and that ended me up here at the Neighborhood House Association. In addition to that, have government experience working as, not only through the uh, metropolitan transit system, but as well as with the Marine Corps and doing a lot of their public affairs working with them as I uh, deployed out with the Marine Corps.
1: Fabulous. Well, Luis, uh, wonderful having you on the show as well. Thank you. hmm You know, Jennifer, I'm going to start with you and ask you if you would just give us your view of what branding is and how does it relate to the uh, public or non-profit sector? You know, why is it important? Is it important and why?
4: Sure. Um, especially relating to the tourism industry. Tourism is absolutely an image-driven industry, so brand is everything. Um, Obviously, after Hurricane Katrina, New Orleans faced uh, what seemed to be almost insurmountable brand impairment. Um, You know, Katrina and the devastation was the sensational story for years. Um, So I think for an organization, a nonprofit in development that's engaging in fundraising activities or... You know, as in the case of New Orleans that is in crisis, uh, I think one of the most important tactics uh, is what I like to call getting back to basics. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, I sit on several nonprofit boards and because the work is so vast and there is so much need, um, I think some organizations have trouble staying focused. Uh, so when you're talking about brand development, you know I think it's important to stay focused on your absolute strengths. Uh, Post Katrina for New Orleans, that was uh, basically what we called our "Forever New Orleans" campaign. Uh, you know we had to boil boil it down to what our absolute assets were. Um, For us, that was focusing on the authentic, unique culture of New Orleans, fun for, in particular, adults that revolved around our food, music, and unique cultural practices. Uh, So that campaign ran for about five years, and thankfully now we're transitioning uh, to our next campaign, which is uh, basically the tagline is, It's New Orleans, You're Different Here.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, you know, thank you, Jennifer. I know I've had an opportunity to come to New Orleans, I guess, um, maybe three times, and more recently in the past couple of years, twice, and have been there with different conventions and conferences and have joy- enjoyed it both times. So wonderful to see the comeback.
4: Yeah, thank you so much, and that, and that's part of our strategy is to really engage third-party experts. You know, it's one thing for, uh, you know, Jennifer Day as director of PR to tell people that New Orleans is better than ever, it's a great place to visit, but, you know, what we've done is we really look to, Create local ambassadors. Um, so that testimonial right there is so powerful. Um, you know what we have really tried to do over the past five years, and I think this is a general lesson for nonprofits in general. You know, developing relationships, creating that special connection, making the mission of your nonprofit personal to those that you're asking for money or those that you're trying to, you know, create as ambassadors, how does your organization impact their life? What does it mean to them?
1: Yeah, great. And um, Jessica, how Mm -hmm. about your perspective a little bit on on what branding is and then specifically as it relates to nonprofit organizations, what's your view? Is your view pretty much similar to Jennifer's or something you'd like to add with regards to what branding is and how it relates to nonprofit in our public organizations.
0: Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, for me, branding is primarily about two things for a nonprofit. Raising awareness about the issue or issues your organization is involved with and potentially even making social change and then also raising money for your organization. Um, And so how you carry out your branding efforts through your communication strategy can get complicated um, especially in the age of social media, so for instance, United Neighborhood Houses represents a network of organizations, and one of the major, one of our major roles is to function as an advocate on their behalf. So. Not only do we need to raise the profile of settlement houses in general, but we're constantly talking about specific issues we're fighting for, like saving child care for low-income families or summer jobs for teens. And this advocacy agenda can sometimes dilute our message. So we have too many issues, and we're not really focused on one core kind of message. And I think that's you know, definitely what Jennifer was saying, how important it is to get really focused on, you know, your core strength, get back to basics. And um, and that's something that we really, you know, we definitely struggle with as an organization, and I'm sure that most settlement houses with that, kind of that wide array of services do, um, and how you create this brand out of the wide array of services and also clients, because you're not just a children's organization or a senior services organization, but you're, you know, serving all kinds of families. Um, And and this is so much more complicated, and I guess we'll talk about this later, but when we add social media to the mix, there are so many more opportunities to share your brand with a constantly expanding group of people who may have absolutely no context for the work you do. So with regard to social media and branding, there's this new challenge of figuring out how to keep your brand strong while spreading control of your brand to even those outside your organization, those ambassadors, those local ambassadors that Jennifer talked about. You know, people are writing and talking about your organization, sharing your brand with others, but they may be doing it in their own words. So that's, you know, that's definitely a challenge.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thanks, Jessica. Louise, when we get back from break, I'm going to go to the, the top of um, our return to really asking you if there's anything you'd like to add to that that they haven't already said as it relates to branding. I know we got a good glimpse into your view of that in our last show, but if there's anything you want to add, we'll... Um, Tune back to what you have to say on that when we come back from a quick break, and then after that we'll hear more from Jennifer on New Orleans some um, efforts as relates to branding. So we're going to take a quick break. Please stay tuned, and we'll be right back with uh, more on leadership matters.
2: comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email g at dr.g at Innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Tune in to It's Your Money with host Bill Pfeifferlich you'll get an eye-opening education about some of the misconceptions of the financial world. If you are a business owner, working professional, or successful American, you will benefit from the information on our program. Our guests will include financial service professionals, international tax and estate attorneys, and CPAs. We'll identify solutions that you can implement now to get the most of your money. Tune in Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for It's Your Money on Voice America Business. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, .CISION us.cision.com. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G.
1: Okay, well, thank you for staying with us on Leadership Matters. With us today, we have Jennifer Day, Director of Communications and Public Relations with New Orleans Convention and Visitors Bureau. Jennifer, thank you for staying with us. Thank you. And Jessica Ziegler is here also. She's the Director of Development with United Neighborhood Houses of New York. Welcome back, Jessica.
0: Thank you very much.
1: And Louis, Luis Gonzalez. I won't say Louie Louie because we're colleagues here together and we, and we say that a lot, so Louie Louis. Uh, Luis Gonzalez, Director of uh, Community Affairs with the Neighbors House Association here in San Diego. Thanks for staying with us, Luis. Glad to be here. Yeah. Luis, why don't we start with you and see if there's anything you would like to add to what Jessica and Jennifer had said with regards to what branding means to you and how significant it is or is not, in your view, uh, to public and or nonprofit organizations.
3: Yeah, you know, as, as Jessica was talking, you know, mentioning about, you know, the challenges we face as nonprofits when we have several social services and several different social service components, uh, branding does become an issue because, in essence, you really have ten separate or how many ever programs you have that operate as their own identity, as their own corporate, I guess, organization, so to speak. You know, when we're talking about senior services, they own, they have their own set of issues and their set of communication that needs to get across to a select group of people. So when we're looking at branding from our perspective at the Neighborhood House Association, we understand that uh, we have several different components and several different messages attached to what brand, that brand. And when we look, talk about brand, we talk about meaning and identity. What is it that people can recognize or identify with when they hear Neighborhood House Association. What meaning is attached to that and how is it that that's developed. So what we have done is taken a little bit of a different kind of approach and look at this as a collective. Because at the end of the day, what Neighborhood House Association does is change people's lives. It empowers people's lives. And if we have a senior program today, that senior program might morph into something else in the near in the future so we have to make sure that we are constantly adapting so one thing we tried to do is kind of encompass what our mission is what we do and how we go about doing it which is really changing lives for the better and that's how we focus our brand here in san diego is looking mm-hmm. at what we do how we change people's lives and whatever that morphs into in the next 20 30 40 or 50 years people understand that when they hear neighborhood House association they hear change community advocacy empowerment and that's what we want the message to come across as
1: Okay, great. We, uh,
3: mm-hmm. Don't go on. I'm sorry, Louise. No, that's fine. No, I just want to kind of add, add to that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's basically how we kind of look at it from our perspective of the branding okay. strategy.
1: great. So it's kind of rolling all those individual programs up into the larger identity.
2: Right.
1: Great. Okay. Um, Jennifer, I want to go back to you and just think, um, when you think about branding as it relates to New Orleans, how does New Orleans want to be thought of by others? Um and what has been done or maybe what currently is being done or being developed to support its brand development efforts?
4: Yeah, well, like I, like I said, you know, we, we want people to think about New Orleans as authentic fun, and really highlighting our unique culture, which includes our food, music, and our our cultural practices. Um, Unfortunately, we have become very uh, experienced in crisis management, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and most recently, uh, the BP oil spill had a tremendous effect on New Orleans, and in particular, you know, people had serious concerns about the environmental quality of our air, water, and one of our key Concepts in regards to our brand is seafood. So when the oil spill struck, we basically went back into crisis mode and engaged a lot of the lessons and tactics that were developed post Katrina.
1: What would be some of those if you were to say, you know, what were some of those tactics that you used?
4: Sure. Well, first of all, is you have to acknowledge the situation. So we had to acknowledge the tragedy that was occurring while communicating that its geographic distance was 100 miles away from New Orleans. So being culturally sensitive, because we are Louisiana residents and this tragedy affected the entire community, um, in conjunction with that, we had to ease wary customers about booking their trip or meeting in New Orleans. We had to overcome those concerns about air, water, and seafood quality. Um, And what was so difficult is that even though we were 100 miles away from the spill, and you know, for all intents and purposes, New Orleans was not affected by the oil spill. But yet we had all of the CNN, you know, NPR, everyone was doing their reporting from New Orleans. And we kind of laughed and said, you know why? Because they want to stay in our wonderful hotels and they want to go out after reporting all day and have a great meal in our restaurants." So we had some serious Uh, challenges that we had to overcome, Um, but a lot of that is sticking to the facts, and again, utilizing third parties, calling in favors, creating ambassadors, and it was a lot of kind of that seeing is believing, Mm -hmm. so hosting journalists, bringing them to New Orleans so that they can experience uh, the city for themselves and go along and share that information. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, really relying on the EPA. Department of Health and Hospitals, you know, using their reports to support the CBB's claim that New Orleans is safe to visit.
1: Right, fabulous. So the um, the the thoughts for you today, as you kind of move forward and um, and think about, you know, what's your What's your next biggest to-do as you continue to brand New Orleans as this place for um, people to come and and bring their conventions and their conferences and their meetings? What's top of mind as a to-do for you in moving forward from this spot?
4: Well, I think one of the greatest gifts that New Orleans uh, was able to pull from these tragedies that we've experienced is teamwork and you know just kind of going back to the challenges that an organization can face in terms of managing their message and you know for us we have over 1000 members and even beyond that we represent the entire city so really working together to develop core talking points coaching getting people together to share those core messages and you know when you're verbalizing those when you're putting them in your newsletter and you're really boiling down your your mission statement and making sure that those people who rally around your organization know those key words. Um, You know, Like I said, I think that's one of the greatest gifts that New Orleans was able to take from these is that we are more united than ever. These tragedies forced all of us to come together in ways that we never had before. Um, So I think if I could give anyone, um, you know, kind of a words of wisdom would be to, you know, really work on um, boiling down those talking points, providing those. It may seem like it's not a powerful tool, but we've found that giving our members and our you know, colleagues,
1: talking points,
4: it, it goes a, a really long way.
1: Great. Well, like I said, Jennifer, I think uh, you guys are doing a fabulous job of um, coming back, and I did have the opportunity to attend, um, I think, the last convention I was there, certain certainly was after this deal. It was the last part of July, first part of August, the um Delta City Theta's Convention had about ten, I don't know, fifteen thousand attendees. I do believe fifteen thousand four hundred. Y'all broke a <laughs> Okay, you have the number fifteen thousand. What was it? Fifteen thousand four hundred. Yeah, I knew it was just a ton a sea of red and and white there. But uh, you guys did a fabulous job. We all had a great time and couldn't have had a better host city. So well,
4: thank but, you so much for coming.
1: Yeah, so I say keep on keeping on. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. So before Jennifer leaves us, um, Jessica Louise, any. Thoughts you want to say to kind of piggyback or anything you want to ask uh, Jennifer before um, we transition?
0: Um, I, you know, just that I'm completely inspired, um, you know, I think that we need to, United Neighborhood Houses, it needs to focus on this coming together. This is something that we, you know, that we really um, can sometimes find challenging ourselves um, and you know, hopefully it would not take a tragedy for us to do that, but it is, you know, especially inspiring to hear, um, to hear what the work that you've been doing, and, um, and I know it's been effective because I, you know, up here in New York City hear um, the message loud and clear, um, and, and so it's, it's been great to hear you.
4: Mm -hmm. Well, and I also just want to thank all of the listeners and the participants because we all know that, like I said, the work is never-ending, and that can be so draining. But nonprofit work is also some of the most inspiring and rewarding work out there. So I just wanted to say thank you to everyone no matter who you serve, uh, because I know that you're working extremely hard.
1: Yeah, no, great. Uh, thanks again. I kind of took from that boiling down a um, little bit with regards to y- you're saying, acknowledging the situation, easing the customers, and overcoming concerns in the midst of a crisis situation and then developing and kind of sticking to that message is what you've done to um, continue to move things forward in New Orleans. Uh, Louise, anything you'd like to add?
3: No I just think you know the, the efforts that are continuing down in New Orleans are going to again set precedent in terms of what happens and how PR and you know, branding efforts are developed in the future for many you know god forbid more potential crises that could occur. I mean coming back here in San Diego, you know we went through certain you know the firestorm and certain issues of that nature where we were involved in certain crisis communications, and the message is, is key in how you handle that and I think New Orleans is in that rebuilding stage and it's amazing what. Uh, the efforts are, that are being taken uh, undertaken now to really change that around and let people know uh, and bring people back uh, to such a rich culture down there. So I think that, you know, as we continue to track that, it's going to be very interesting to see what messages develop in the near future and how, you know, Conviz and everybody down there is, is going to structure that messaging and really pull together to to really change things around. And so I think that it's going to be uh, it's a wonderful thing that's going on down there and how you guys are handling that. I think it's going to be a, a case study for many, 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 many years to come uh, in terms of how this plays out and how, you know, the, the message and the response and the bounce back uh, is going to take place. So I know I'll keep an eye on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, Louise, you just hit the, um, I like nail on the head, but saying it, it's going to definitely be. I was going to uh, thank Jennifer for coming on and, and sharing this um, live case study that's Currently unfolding, and I think it will be one that we'll see in textbooks for uh, years to come, um, as relates to the uh, the field of branding and marketing and PR. So, uh, thanks again, Jennifer. Thank you. Yes. So, Louise and Jessica. When we come back, I'm going to ask you to share a little bit more with regards to your organization's um, efforts and one might say the uh, live case studies you have going on in your organizations. And specifically, Jessica, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about uh, social media and how you're using it currently to engage the community and expand your um, branding efforts. We're going to take a quick break, so please stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters.
3: in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time.
2: Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions, Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email g at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the neighborhood. House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now, toll free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network.
1: With us, we still have uh, Jessica Zingler. She's the Director of Development with United Neighborhood Houses of New York. Welcome back, Jessica.
0: Thank you.
1: And Luis Gonzalez is still with us, the Director of Community Affairs with the Neighborhood House Association here in San Diego, California. Welcome back, Louise. Thank you very much. Great. Jessica, you know in these days where we have Facebook and Twitter and the like just kind of going on, Wondering how is United Neighborhood Houses of New York or your member organizations using – how are you using the social media to really engage the community and um, expand um, your brand or expand their brands as it relates to your member organizations?
0: Sure. Sure. What I thought I'd do is just start with an example of what I think is a successful use of social media for social action, um, which is done by UNH Member Educational Alliance. Uh, They ran an extremely successful social media campaign to save 150 after-school programs that were at risk of being cut all throughout New York City. This wasn't just their their after-school program. This was their after-school program and programs all throughout the city. Um, So just to kind of give you some stats on the outcomes from this um, campaign. They, they created a Facebook page specific to this campaign um, with over 600 members and there was a lot of active engagement of fans. Um, they also created an online petition, and this, these all are interrelated, an online petition um, reaching uh, 10,000 signatures. Um, they had YouTube videos, um, which, which did have some traction. Um, and, and what they did was they encouraged all after-school advocates and providers to use their organization and personal social media accounts to spread the word while this campaign was going on. And then they also had uh, a rally at City Hall that was covered by lots of traditional media outlets and was attended by 300 people, which is the maximum number of people that, um, that can uh, uh, stand on City Hall steps. So that was extremely successful. Um, And so this is, you know, just one way to use social media, but I think, you know, kind of the, the bottom line of, of uh, using social media is that you want interaction with your followers and supporters. And so this campaign model, I think, is a great way for people to get involved. And certainly for United Neighborhood Houses, this is going to be a model for us um, as we move forward because we do advocacy and policy work on behalf of our 39 members. So. Um, So that was a great success. Many of our our members are kind of at various stages of using social media. So many are on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, um, but many are also just starting to use these tools or just starting to consider using these tools. So um, just to give you an example, the Educational Alliance, which um, had the social media campaign, they're definitely a leader um, in this area. So on Twitter they have 1,300 followers. Um, Another agency, Henry Street Settlement, which has been doing this for a while, has 500 followers. Um, Greenwich House has 300, and University Settlement has 175. So we're all definitely at different stages of development, kind of wondering how these tools will work out for us long term. But most of us are at the stage where we agree that we need to be involved in social media, which is, you know, a new stage for us as a group, I think. Um, And now that we are, many of us, involved with social media, I think the next really interesting focus um, for us is, is uh, how we collaborate as a social network ourselves um, between our members um, to strengthen the brand of settlement houses in general and New York City settlement houses in particular. So that's kind of you know, my role um, at United Neighborhood Houses. I, I convene a um, communications work group, and that is includes communication staff from all over the 39 settlement houses coming together. And so this, I think, is going to be kind of our main focus with social media is how do we, we're all on Facebook and Twitter and we're all, you know, kind of starting to write a little bit about each other and about settlement houses, but how could we do this in a really planned way and really move forward an agenda? Um, So that's kind of, that's where we're at.
1: Okay. So, on this new horizon, as as organizations kind of tiptoe into this arena, what are some advantages or potential pitfalls that you might say you're already aware of that nonprofits or public leaders should perhaps also be aware of as they tiptoe into using or step into using social media?
0: Well, I think that uh, most leaders know this, but Online contact is not a substitute for in-person contact, and that will never change. Um, and I think that uh, you know the the new generation that is really um, has had social media and the, at least the World Wide Web around since their birth. Um, they may not be aware of this, and they may come to know this at some point. But this is definitely a push-pull um, where um, maybe the younger generation is focusing more on social media and focusing only on social media and not, you know, not using in-person contact as much. I think that's really critical um, for people to keep in mind. And um, this is something we've talked about um, with our settlement houses a lot, is that no matter what you do with social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, widen your network, it all comes back to having a good website. And and we know that integrating these tools into your website is the key to any of these tools working for your organization. So um, UNH, United Neighborhood Houses, is just starting this process. So we're actually just about to redo our website to integrate social media tools into it. And many of our members are in the same boat. And if they haven't changed their website in the last three years, they're going to have to, to integrate social media tools. So and
1: and so Jessica, this, what does that actually mean, to integrate social media tools into the website? What does that look like? What does that so there,
0: mean? So there are two things, I think. The, the first thing is just the basics of um, making it possible for you to have a button that you can press on in various you know, places on your website to access your Facebook page, to come from your website to your Facebook page, and like, and the same thing from your Facebook page to your website, um, and and that isn't that's sometimes easier said than done. Um, you you know you're you just may not have the capability to put that button on your website you may need to start from scratch because your your website is written in an old language that doesn't allow you to you know make that update so so that's one piece of it and the other piece of it is really thinking through how your website functions related to the social media so One example is that um, as we're looking, as United Neighborhood Houses is looking to create a Facebook page, we're thinking about, well, should we do a blog and where should that blog sit? Well, maybe it should sit on our website and maybe what we'll do is use Facebook to promote when we put up a new blog entry. And maybe we'll use Twitter to promote when we put up a new blog entry. But we need to think that out ahead of time before we even design this website because, you know, we need to know that these tools are going to relate to each other very easily for the user. Um, And that also people are going to then, if they find our blog, they're going to be able to post it on their Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So there are just some real technical things that, you know, you need, to be, you need to work out ahead of time, I think.
1: Okay, great. Louise, I'm going to ask you to kind of jump in here and, and also give your view on social media and it being used to support expanding a branding effort.
3: Absolutely. You know, we are, we are actually in the process of developing our social media strategy, and we're putting that together. Uh, and there are several different issues, both some positive and some negative, when we're looking at using social media as a tool. I mean, first of all, you know, the, the, the word social media, I mean, the key word being social is really to tie into different social issues and what is important to the society or group of people that we're trying to reach out to. So that's, that's a key to remember when we're looking at implementing our strategy. It's, it really it comes down to ensuring that we continue to involve the society that we are reaching out to. So one of the things that, we, that, I, that, you know, we're looking at here as we're developing our plan is really to kind of understand what it is that we're going to use the social media tool and how it is that we're going to implement it? Uh, from my perspective, social media is a marketing tool. It's a separate component that adds sustenance to your already, you know, existing branding plan. And it's not the end-all, can- catch-all, as uh, as Jessica was saying. You know, this is not going to be the only thing you need to do to get people interested in your organization. This is just a tool that creates added value and interaction with the group of people you're trying to communicate with or reach out to. Now, when you're looking at developing social media, there is a couple areas that, you know, identify as pitfalls. First of all, um, you have to understand that the majority of data for people using a lot of these new social media networks uh, is, is still somewhat developing. So social media is really a, n- a new concept in terms of how it's being leveraged and used in terms of branding and marketing campaigns. Uh, as new applications, new interactive opportunities, new programs, and I think you'll start seeing that there are many new websites that will start coming up trying to compete with, say, Facebook, uh, as you have your LinkedIn's, your Facebooks. So it used to have MySpace, but, you know, that's kind of kind of gone down, but you have other tools that will start coming up, uh, competing against some of these social uh, networks that are out there now. So that's going to be an, another challenge. And what,
1: is the, what are some, um, are you aware of any other?
3: Well, yeah, Facebook, mm-hmm. what we talked about. We talked mm-hmm. about LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Twitter. Obviously those are three off the top of my head. You're looking at MySpace, and then you have others, like there's High Five. There's there's a bunch of other networks
1: Okay, pretty that pretty much have same, the same functionality. That have right. the
3: same functionality okay. that serve the same purpose of kind mm-hmm. of really creating that social network. Now, mm-hmm. obviously the most common and the most known is Facebook but there are other ways that the communicate and there's other issues that people or other networking sites that people use uh, and so you're not really going to catch everybody in the social network with this, just picking one although you'll catch the majority or a huge demographic obviously Facebook is, is the dominant force right now and Twitter are the two forces that really here in the United States are really developing um, but overseas you'll have some different options as well so mm-hmm. that's one thing to c- keep in mind there's different social networks besides those two that we mentioned now.
1: Okay. Now, Louise, what about other mediums? What are other mediums that, that uh, Neighborhood House Association has used or is using mm-hmm. as it relates to its branding efforts? And then when, um, when people think of Neighborhood House Association, what, what does the organization want to be top of mind um, as its brand recognition?
3: Right. You know, when we're looking at today's age, you know, in communication strategies, there's, you know, I call it alternative media because there's so many different ways that you can communicate now. And your traditional media approach, you know, a couple years ago might have been, you know, just your standard broadcast, your television, your radio, your print, and then maybe an online component. But now that's really transitioned. You have people who have choice now. A lot of our, the consumers, a lot of clients, a lot of public in general has a choice now to choose how they receive their messages. Uh, And that can take form in various different ways, from text messaging to social networks to even going down to the transit system and seeing televisions playing at the transit system. So you have to look at what ways and how our, our public, so to speak, or our targeted group of individuals we want to reach out these messages to are communicating nowadays and identify ways to target or reach them. Or reach to uh, reach out to them so we've looked at a couple things here one we've consistently stayed with our traditional media uh, we've done stuff with our radio stations and with our you know broadcast cable television stations but we added interactive components uh, locally here we've reached out to some of the cable networks which are able to add an interactive bar at the bottom of their their screen so they can say if you want to know more about the Neighborhood House Association click here so that gives people that are interested in having that type of interaction to do so we reached out to Uh, or explore the possibility of working with the transit system and developing certain types of media and communication messages through bus-type advertising. And now they have televisions on their trolleys, so we will look at that. Louise, I'm going
1: to actually just cut you off for a brief moment and ask you to hold that thought because we need to go to commercial break. So I'm going to ask everyone to just please stay with us. And um, after our break, we'll continue to kind of hear what the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego is doing to further its brand.
2: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you thinking about starting a nonprofit? Or perhaps you've already started one and want ideas, inspiration, and encouragement? Tune in to Nonprofit Spark with your host, Renee McGivern. Our program will feature as guests the leaders of emerging nonprofits who will share what works for them. We also will hear from experts who offer advice to make your jobs easier. Tune in to Nonprofit Spark, and together we'll create a world that works for everyone. Nonprofit Spark airs live Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions, Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email g at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you.
1: Staying with us, and we're back with Leadership Matters, and with us is Louise and Jessica. Louise, you were sharing before we went to break on um, the efforts that your organization is currently underway, has underway. You want to continue your, your train of thought there?
3: Absolutely. We were just talking or discussing about alternative media approaches to uh, develop your branding strategy. And, you know, we talked about the social networks, interactive approaches to different social medias. But one of the biggest things that I think nonprofits overlook is the assets we bring. I mean, we, we serve in a community thousands of individuals. Um, here alone at San, in San Diego at the Neighborhood House Association, we, we reach out to over 22,000 families. Uh, you know, that is a core asset. A lot of times when we're looking to partner with corporations or looking at some of our, uh, you know, potential donors or somehow having a way to develop fundraising initiatives, we look at that and say, how can we enhance the quality of life for our, you know, clients? And then what can we do to partner with some of these folks to really let them see and experience what it is to work with, with, with a nonprofit, not just your typical, you know, approach where people come out and say, you know, we need money, help us. We want to really make this... Uh, two-way relationship where they see the value of working with the nonprofit to help them out as well. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're looking for branding messages or we're looking for tie-ins to work with them. Now, if that means we go out to, uh, let's say, bigger corporations and see how we can integrate some of our messaging strategies with some of their developing products,
1: Then so we, we can try, try that out. What might that look like? What, what would be well, a, for example,
3: you know, we have, we're looking at you know, a different, I mean, I don't want to disclose some of the options that we're looking at here, but we're, we've reached out to potential, um, for example, we're working now on a deal with Albertsons, which is the uh, or, or Super Valley, which is the national chain for Albertsons, and we've, we've developed... A, business relationship and where they're able to reach out or help out our families through their marketing materials in terms of what they're doing, in terms of developing their marketing strategies and using our uh, assets, so to speak, to help them reach and communicate that message out. So families are getting discount coupons on food and grocery items, and in return, we're developing some form of a revenue generation strategy with them to reach out to those groups of people. So it's a direct marketing type piece that we have Mm -hmm. uh, with our members. And that's just an example of some of the things that we're we're creating here to really, you know, help out our families and at the same time, you know, gain that brand and marketing association uh, with some of these other folks to help out the community that they serve in. So that's just one example. We work with several other corporations as well, and some of the, you know, from uh, here locally to look at how we can develop those messages, including, you know, phone companies and passing on those advantages to some of our, our clients.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you're, so you're really saying, even from a, from a consumer perspective, you have all of the, you have a large clientele, and the clientele you serve certainly has some consumer uh, purchasing power. And so there's an advantage to these corporations for also doing business with as far as partnering with uh, some of the nonprofits in the area to, kind of reach, to reach those populations. Absolutely. Okay, great. Uh, Jessica, anything you'd like to add to that point before we make a transition?
0: Oh, um, no, I don't think I have anything to add, actually.
1: Okay, excellent. Well, I'm going to ask you both just to think about, hmm, um, how can an organization tell if its branding efforts are working? We've been kind of talking about branding, what it is, why it's it so important. How might an organization that has a branding initiative underway be able to tell, gosh, is it working for me?
0: Um, you know, I'm just going to stick to kind of the social media part of it. Um, and one of the great things about social media is there are ways to actually measure. Um, there are statistics, there are analytics that you can actually get back from your social media tools and they were built that way so that's actually one of the great advantages of using social media you can kind of see exactly how how you're doing how many fans and followers you have and how many responses you're getting um i think with social media in addition to sort of the the analytics the you know statistics numbers um i i think that also looking at how much interaction you're getting from your followers or friends um, is is a really significant um, measure of how how you're doing um, in that arena um, and I think with social media um, it's really the the real measure is did you move beyond the, your known network, you know kind of the network that you 've when you mapped out who you were trying to target, did you actually move beyond that um, and and that I think is really a true success, um, however, there is with social media specifically the question of whether or not this has anything to do with fundraising um, is all the work that you 're doing on social media related to bringing in money for your organization and it, we're all kind of, kind of struggling with that at the moment. You know, you may be doing a lot of work. Um, maybe there there are some ways, you know, you can give through Facebook in certain ways, but that may be not how people give to your organization. They may give at another time when they hear of you, but it may be related to their um seeing you on Facebook or hearing about you on Twitter. Um, so that, that's kind of a big question. And for executive directors of nonprofits, that may be the bottom line question. Is it worth my putting, you know, a full-time staff member on social media um, if it doesn't bring in money? And, uh, and you know, that's, that's kind of the question
1: mm mm-hmm. Okay, great. How about from your view? Thanks, Jessica. Uh, Louise, what are, what's your thought on that? Well, How do we you know, know if it's working?
3: Measuring ROI or return on investment on terms of branding and marketing has always been the, you know, a challenge of even since Ongoing, uh, every time, even in, in a cor- from a corporate perspective, you still have to justify the use of your marketing dollars to gain revenue. Uh on a nonprofit sector, there's different ways to go about doing that because, at the end of the day, as uh, Jessica mentioned, it, you know, fundraising might be the bottom line. You know, if we're spending X amount of dollars on branding and marketing initiatives, are we? returning or gaining back that amount of money that we invested. So that could be one way that branding or marketing strategies can be measured. Did our fundraising work? Is our fundraising return uh, gains returning our investment on what we initially spent on all these branding and marketing strategies? So that's one way. There's other ways as well, though. There's social involvement and advocacy, direct response. Social media is one way to measure that. But keep in mind the demographic for social media it tends to skew younger. So you might not get... but it gives you a good shot uh, as to who is responding to your brand and who's involved with that. Uh, And it plants the seed for next generation potential donors or next generation potential advocates for your organization. So that is another avenue. And then possibly looking at direct response, uh, we're in the process now of looking at how we can use our website or develop some type of in-house survey or in-house kind of analytic system to measure uh, people's perception on the Neighborhood House Association. How do you interact with us, you know, simple, you know, basic uh, analysis questions that we can then code and then understand more or less what people in the community are thinking about us. The only recommendation I would have, and this is something that when I came into the nonprofit sector was was kind of intriguing, but I understand because of the resources available, is really any marketing study done. Uh, A healthy marketing and branding campaign will consist of some type of measurement data towards the end of that campaign. So it's important that money is spent or invested on really reaching out, and doing some type of focus group, some type of research study to say, hey, did this branding campaign work? Are people understanding the messages? Uh, and although it might be expensive to do something like that, I think in the, in the long run that would pay for itself when you're able to understand exactly what people believe, what the perception is. And it gives you an opportunity to then structure your messages to make sure you gain back or gain new um, customers or clients or potential donors.
1: Okay, great. Thanks, Louise. Um, Jessica and or Louise, want to um, ask you with regards to just a final tip or thoughts when you think about lessons you've learned in implementing branding efforts, um, either using social media or some other type of medium in your public or nonprofit life, um, working with organizations. Um, is there a final tip, is there a lesson learned that you think might be valuable to share?
0: I think that you know one of the the big concerns that I've heard from executives of nonprofits is um, is about protecting your brand um, using social when using social media so um, one of the things that's necessary on, with social media is to decentralize a little bit of that at least a little bit of um, of the writing about your organization, um, and and that can be really uncomfortable um, for uh, executives. Um, the other thing that goes beyond that is that other people outside your organization are going to start retweeting and and writing about your organization and sharing the message, you know, well beyond. And they may not use the language that you use. Um, and so that you know, that's kind of a huge concern is this protection. But um, but I think kind of my tip is that. Uh, you know, my view um, and the view of many others is that social media has proven itself. Um, it's here to stay. It may not continue in this exact form. You know, these, these tools may change over time, but it's here to stay, and it is worth your time getting involved with it despite the risks, um, you know, uh, okay. of protecting your brand.
1: hmm Wonderful. How about yourself, Louise? Final thoughts? Yeah, you know,
3: I think mm-hmm. when we talk about branding and we're talking about marketing, you know, it's important for everyone out there listening to know that it's not a one-size-fits-all. It is a, an adaptable process. Every organization will look at what best uh, method to use in developing their branding strategy. And to keep in mind that there are several different tools uh, that we talked about to, to reach across in terms of communication methods, and, and that's the key. How do we leverage those communication methods, those communication media so to speak, and then, you know, make sure that people understand the identity and the meaning of what your organization is all about. And social media is going to be a driving force. I mean, we see that now, and, and I agree with Jessica, it's going to to stay. And now it's important to look at how you leverage that social media and to keep that in mind. You might have a thousand followers that are supporting your organization, but if something were to happen and something bad happens within the organization, now you have a thousand other people that may know, uh, that, that that's going on as well. So you have to learn to leverage and balance those messages. And that's why the one, you know, every organization out there looking to implement these branding initiatives must understand they have to create a branding message that fits their demographics, their services, their clients, and then their meaning and mission for their organization. Mm-hmm.
1: Great. Well, Jessica Ziegler? uh, Director of Development with United Neighborhood Houses of New York, and Luis Gonzalez, Director of Community Affairs with Neighborhood House Association. Thank you both for being with us today, and thank you to everyone for tuning in to Leadership Matters. Please join us next week on Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time for more on Leadership Matters.